not to use video of, basically. I, cool. <laughs> I already know which parts not to use video. Um, Great. So yeah, uh, everybody, welcome to the Chicken and Liquor Hour. Um, we on our um, third week, I think, back from our pandemic hiatus, I would say. And uh, this one has been too long. Uh, wait a minute, what's the word, the phrase? Too long in the coming? No, um, a long one. A long time coming. A long time coming. <laughs> there we go. This has been a long time coming. One of the greatest duos of all time, right behind Outcast and Peanut Butter and Jelly, and uh, uh, and One Titty and the Second Titty. We are the fourth one behind those three combos. We got T Bone right here on the podcast. Hey, so uh, what up, T Bone? Not much. What's up, Southside? We out here um, just <laughs> go crazy. You know, have you uh? like back to work physically no i don't go back until august 31st oh, um, well that's when eva goes back to school and so um we don't even really have to come back either we're just kind of rotating um doing like the remote thing so my week is the 31st and that's just until there's like an outbreak and fsu shuts down or the same at her school so <laughs> so are y'all doing like each one of y'all like pro staff take turns being in the office pretty much um so it's like brett and lauren and i are rotating and then like all the coordinators are kind of rotating around too how y'all rotate like by days or by weeks weeks okay yeah we go ahead go ahead well the reason we did that is because like at the beginning of all of this when we realized that we were going to be working from home for a really long time a lot of us went and got our monitors like I have my monitors, my docking station, everything. Oh, home. dang. So like if we go back every every other day or every two days, <laughs> you know. Carrying that monitor back. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even still, when I go on campus for my week, I'm not going to take my monitors back because yeah. I, I'm going to be home more than I'm going to be there, you know. Correct. Yeah, we um, we ended up doing, everybody has a particular day. So it's, I think it's like, I can't remember how many pro staff, it's probably like eight or nine pro staff of us, I think, but we all have a certain day and there's two of us each day, but like there's one person that comes in the early part around 7.30 and then another person that comes in at 10. So like me, I'll go in on a Tuesday from 7.30 to like 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock. And then the other person comes in at 10.30 and they stay to like 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock. And, uh, and we all do that. So, and then we rotate Fridays. So basically through this whole semester, we already have our schedule for the entire semester. And uh, it's all like, everybody has one Friday a month, basically. Yeah. And just one day during the week, which I was like, I really like that. Cause to be honest, then I can, now I'm about to get my student staff in. I mean, last year I had 40 students on staff and right now I have uh, like 17. So That's like the exact same thing for us. Like, because I mean, we couldn't really hire anybody right. to prepare for fall because we couldn't spend any money. We were on a hiring freeze, all that stuff. But then also we don't really need a ton of people because we don't have a lot going on like in physical spaces. So, yeah. but it, I mean, that's basically the exact same thing. Like we had 40 to 50, like we usually do. And now we got like 16. Yeah. And it's so weird. So now we're getting back and the leadership has you know how leadership is they make decisions for you and they don't really know what's the best or what's going on to be honest so they waited until like a week before and told me oh yeah by the way will we had a meeting that uh and we want to be at our full hours 
by next uh, Tuesday. So we need your student staff ready. I said, um, that's a week from today. They was like, yeah. I said, a week from today, the students aren't even allowed back on campus for real, not even the ones that live on campus anyways. They can't come back until a week after we're already open. And then over half the students already said they not coming back. So that leaves me with only the students who are coming back that actually have an apartment in Atlanta already. So I had to have a full week with just three student staff working. And thankfully my coworkers, they all, we all helped each other out to cover those hours and stuff. So we all took turns just being in the building, but it was pointless because none, none of the dining halls were open at all at that yeah. Literally nothing was open. It's, we couldn't really do anything. We wasn't checking anything out. Like the only people that could even come in the building had to have a, a, a school ID where you can mm -hmm. to get in. So it was like, why are we here? We're just here just to be here in time. Yeah, yeah. Should leadership be? Well, yeah, and I think that it's just weird because it's like everybody's looking really pragmatically at all of this and not at the big picture. And I think one of the reasons why they're there's a push to have people physically on campus and to have regular hours and to try to provide safe meeting spaces because you know these students are like hello we're paying in fees that people that at on online schools aren't paying and right. we're not an, we're not an online school we're a brick and mortar and if you're not going to be a brick and mortar school then we shouldn't pay these fees but i think that that's i mean obviously i am biased but i think that's pretty short-sighted on the part of the student because it's like this is temporary and it's for safety. It's not like we're trying to cheat you. The the institution is not trying to cheat you out of an experience. It's a right. fucking pandemic. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> and like when I you get on social media and I see everyone just just dissing and being pissed off at universities and saying that the university is just trying to cheat you. And I'm like, the universities aren't trying to cheat you, but I do think that a lot of their their planning and judgment is clouded with just trying to, we just want to make this happen, want to make sure we can give them something. And it kind of gets clouded because then they complain that all the students are hanging out and not doing what they're supposed to do. But it's like, what also do you expect from a 19 year old who's been yeah. at home all summer and now they're away from their parents, even though it's coronavirus and a pandemic going on, but they're yeah. from their parents finally, and they're around their friends and people their age again, Cause when I was when I got to uh got to campus the other day, and lunchtime came around, those kids was all over the building. I was like, oh my gosh, we got to do something else. So I just started moving furniture so they couldn't even sit down, and just moved it into the conference rooms and locked the door so they couldn't sit down because it's almost like you got to save them from themselves. Cause they wasn't like being like assholes like we're seeing from all these people around the country who. I don't have to wear a mask. It's my God-given right. Like, we're not getting any of that. Like, I walked around and told people to put their mask on. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I totally forgot. Like, they'll be eating and then forget to put their mask on after they get done eating. But I saw a dude take his mask off to talk to his friends. And I'm like, bro, no. We Like, come on. <laughs> that's not what you do. That's like, like the That's opposite. the main reason to wear it when you're talking, bro. Like, <laughs> So it's like just... And so now we're trying to figure out all these plans. They're putting up all these signs, but I told, I'm trying to tell them like, yo, we need to shorten our hours. There's no reason we should be opening up certain buildings from 7 a.m. all the way through 10 p.m. right now. Like there's no reason to be open that late. Our hours yeah. should only be till about probably six or 7 p.m. because the kids anyways, they have on everywhere on campus, you have to have your car to swipe into buildings anyways. So yeah. 
they can easily swipe in even if we're not there through a couple hours, but I'm still like, we don't need to be open that late because now we're kind of making it seem like, hey guys, come and hang out here still. Right. And that's a, there's a lot of contradictory messages going out. Like one is, you know, we don't want to encourage the students to congregate. And then on the other hand, they're like, but we still can provide them meeting space. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, because at first, so I had to put this entire plan together of like basically a budget for my student staff, like all the hours that they're going to be working and building wise and all of that. So at first we had it that it was just going to be from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. with our desk workers only being there till 6 p.m. And so I'm like, okay, now I only have 18 students, so I can probably deal with this. I can work with this. And then two days later, we're changing the hours instead of eight to eight, it's gonna be 7.30 to nine o'clock. And I'm like, okay, that, fine, okay, well, right, fine. And then uh, three days later, we're changing it to 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. So I'm like, why do we keep changing this? And so they said they needed to open, like, you know how the agencies, they have agency offices there and stuff. So like here's uh, uh, Central Latinx and Black Student Union both have their own spaces in one of our buildings. And they said, well, the kids need a safe space to just hang out and study. I said, no, that's, we don't need to be saying that. Like, we don't need to have them hang out because the areas are about the same size as those like offices, about the size of a living room plus maybe a kitchen. And so I'm like, you get like nine or 10 kids in here and you know, if nine or 10 in there, at least three of them gonna say, screw my mask. And then they're gonna get comfortable and they're just gonna be touching everything, not wiping anything down. And then yeah. expect my staff to come in there to get them out and all that. And I'm like, yo, this isn't fair. So I'm like, yo, we not unlocking these doors, bro. Like, we just not, it's not like, it's weird to tell them they need a safe place. I'm sorry, but in 2020, it's all a jungle. Ain't no safe place. And literally every, I mean, like, okay. So like the NFL, like everybody, like MLB, everybody is coming out with these commercials of just like, stay home, stay safe. Like, <laughs> We watch Disney or Dis Discovery Channel all the time, and they have all their hosts like, "Oh, do do your part." That is the safe place at home. Yes, like, that's literally <laughs> what everyone is saying. That's like the common thread. But no, we're like, "No, come here," and it's like, mm -hmm. "No, that's not that's not what like that's it's, it's confusing." Things are really confusing right now, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's going to be scary because this is the first week of actual classes. So now everybody who's back, everybody who's coming back is finally probably back by this weekend now. Yeah. So we'll see, like, after this weekend, because, you know, that first weekend when school starts, that's when all the, everybody wants to party. That first weekend is all. Well, that's why we've seen, like, two universities shut down already. Yeah, I saw yesterday that uh, UNC shut down after one week of classes, like 130-something cases. Yeah, and then Notre Dame as well. Damn. It, and so it's like, what do y'all expect? Like, college campuses are a hub for just nastiness and sickness. Like, I remember just sitting in the office, especially where my office used to be there, and, you know, we would have our doors open so you can hear everything going on out there in the little common area. And you would just hear coughing and sneezing and, and you know, and you know, young people, I always say white people and college age guys, they don't be always covering their mouth when they coughing and sneezing. <laughs> so college age dudes are probably the nastiest out of all of them anyways. And they just out there and then rub their arm across their nose and just wipe it on a chair. Like, so, you know, one person gets sick in the student union, at least three other people getting sick. 
Oh yeah. I remember the dude that walked around. Sorry, I'm trying to get my pillow situated and it's not working. On, remember Brandon. that dude that like walked around everywhere barefoot all the time? I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> like everywhere, elevators, parking lots, classrooms, like bathrooms. That's disgusting. Totally. And your people are already going to be washing legs and stuff when y'all in the shower. <laughs> so y'all not washing the corona off of your knees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting experiment. I hope, I'm just praying. Like one of my said to me yesterday, he said, Will, we probably going to be shut down by September 15th. And I was like, I hope not. Like it, the way these kids were, so we've been moving all type of furniture. So they don't even have a, uh, too many places to sit down. Basically, we've left just one chair at a table. And then we are not putting any of the like, light furniture that people can move around. Yeah. But ho we have way too much uh, movable furniture way too many movable chairs and couches where people can easily just slide anywhere they want so yeah it's gonna well, be gonna be interesting yeah like we have taken like the common area furniture out of the ssb spaces and from what i understand the old computer lab lab is going to be locked um it's not going to be like a lounge space Mm. Um, and ASLC is also restricted access right now too. This is crazy as heck. So are mm -hmm. you allowing reservations at all? Yeah, that's the wild really? thing. Yeah. Like what type of, what type of reservations? We just have to follow the guidelines that were released by the university, but, um, and our first go-to is to strongly encourage virtual. And if that's not the case, then they have to, if that's not what they want, then we have to get them to provide a strong justification of why <laughs> because we want to that's why right you know i know how those students are they're like well i am the vice president <laughs> we've uh we just put a block on it we're not allowing any reservations whatsoever and if yeah. it's like really wants one they first have to get the, their department head's uh, approval that the department head has to be like, okay, yeah, you can do it. But then they even have to send an email into our director and he still has to finally, a uh, final approval. You know who our director is. So he's probably going to be like, nah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. probably going to be like, nah. So that it's just crazy that they would still even allow reservations. Like the student orgs aren't even allowed, the, uh, they already sent out and said the student orgs aren't allowed to have any on-campus meetings and that all their meetings have to be virtual no matter what. Several universities have done that. And I, you know, I mean, but Emory's private, right? Mm -hmm. we I, can think that might, I think that might have something to do with it. Oh, we can do what we want a lot more. We don't have to, I've, I've learned that being in it, the private school, so different than that <laughs> stuff, man. Like it's so much easier to get a yes in the private school. Like I did not know, I, I really, first of all, when I interviewed here, I didn't even know it was a private school. I really, matter of fact, it was only until about seven or eight years ago that I thought it was a, a HBCU. I thought it was historically black. <laughs> I'm glad they weren't like, so <laughs> giving you like a pop quiz. So is Emory, like during your interview, is Emory <laughs> private or public? Uh. <laughs> HBCU, duh. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's a private HBCU. <laughs> it's Atlanta. <laughs> Everything's HBCU in Atlanta. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I, I definitely thought it was HBCU just up until like 2013 or something like that. But yeah, I've definitely learned that 
being at a private school, it's so much easier to get to the yes from all the leaders and stuff like that. Like money, remember all the times we're having to spend our own money on our Christmas parties and things like that. Here, I'm I'm in a, a meeting with everybody. I'm like, all right, so we can do this, and uh, they're looking at me like, Will, just just use your your work credit card, just use your T card. Like, what do you? <laughs> it's fine. I'm like, oh, I thought we had to come out of pocket, and they're like. We don't come out of our own pocket anything here, buddy. Like, get get. They basically looked at me and said, "Get out of that broke mindset that you." <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Oh, it wasn't like it all the time." Maybe that's the kind of stuff that made us closer, though, when we would have to spend our own money on things like that that brought us together. Well, and it also showed. Well, I mean, you know, if. I think we would have done this anyway. Like if, even if we didn't have to spend our own money, we would have had a way to like support and recognize our students. But I think it also showed to our students that we really wanted to support them and recognize them for the work they were doing, no matter what the barrier was. So we figured out a way to make it, you know, even, even uh, Michelle would cough up a couple bucks here and there. I mean, that's, Shout out, right? <laughs> Shout out. Yep, you damn right. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you know, and so it probably did bring us closer because it just showed like, hey, like, and I mean, I used to cook for people all the time and all that stuff. I, I don't do that much anymore. And I'm not, right. <laughs> I'm not going to. That was at uh, a certain era. That was just a good era that we had of doing all that. Because, I mean, think about, I was out there barbecuing and grilling for them and stuff. We was doing brunches for them. And I was mm-hmm. because I had uh, some of my students, of course, found my Instagram and stuff, and they saw a bunch of old stuff from when I was working there and like all the video. I didn't realize how many videos we used to post all the time with the students and just us enjoying work. Yeah. <laughs> enjoying work. And they mm-hmm. were well, the students said, How come you don't have fun like that with us, like you did there? And I was like, Well, I don't like y'all that much. <laughs> I would be like, Well, because my spirit was broken basically by <laughs> my spirit was broken so we found happiness and peace in other ways yeah Those like, students by was not... a little tougher though yeah they wasn't as like the I, it's taken me a while we've we're getting there though it's just a whole different culture in this private school and stuff and yeah wasn't used i will say that though they wasn't used to having fun at work like they're just totally shocked and surprised that they can have fun at work and and be comfortable with their bosses and have a good relationship with them and talk about stuff real life stuff outside of work and and also maybe it also is something else that we were younger too and now that age gap in between the students is getting larger and larger and larger because now freshmen like these kids coming in here that was born in freaking 2000 this is wild (laughs) I'm getting I feel I felt older here at Emory than I did in all my years there yeah I mean I have a I have a daughter who was born in 2011 so like you know I think about these students but then I think you know I mean Eva was born in 2011 like (laughs) and then she's my kid like how like how that is what that the fact that there's anyone born after like 1998 is just it's just weird. Like God didn't stop people from being born after like 93. Like who are these people? I mean, honestly, probably should have. (laughs) Things haven't gotten much better. Right. (laughs) And the the crazy part I see now, 
I always remember stuff that you would say to me when I first got into like the professional world and stuff like just talking about young people or even just talking about college students will lie to you. That was one of the first things that you and Matt both said to me. They'll lie. Y'all said professors will lie. College students will lie. They all will lie to get what they want. And that was probably the one thing I see on the daily, no matter what college campus. I told them, I said, that's not just here, y'all. That's pretty much any college campus that professors are assholes everywhere. Professors are the worst. <laughs> They're pretty much the worst, basically. But I will say, I don't, you, it's just crazy to see the culture on different campuses, though, because there's no culture of, like, Greek life here or oh, wow. A or sports. They don't even have a football team. So you already take that. Really? No, there's no football team. And basketball is like the three. Basketball, basically, it would be like at WKU, basketball played their games at Preston Center. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what they do. So think about you going to work out on a Thursday and then the gym's closed because there's a basketball game. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll just go watch the game instead of lifting some weights. <laughs> That's how they get people to come watch. That's basically the only way. But people still turn away and be like, never mind. And just leave. <laughs> you know? They just don't give a damn. So just to that type of culture after being so used to what we was in for however long, and they don't give a damn about, look, homecoming wasn't a thing. Uh, they didn't care about, like, I didn't even realize homecoming was coming up. Like, they talked about it, but, you know, their homecoming is serious. Like, that's one thing I will say about being there is they really do focus on the students. Sometimes it's a double-edged sword focusing on the students so much and giving them so much responsibility. But they're going to make sure that they're going to have fun outside of the classroom, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make sure. Here, it's all about academics. Like, these kids be stressed out. So that was one of my main goals to make sure they have fun. And they all said, like, Will, like, we haven't had this much fun before you got here. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, I'm glad. And now they're actually productive and have fun because when I got there, they was lazy. What, look, one student, hold on. <laughs> I love her to death, but one student wrote me the other day and said, Will, um, why do I have so many four-hour shifts? I said, what? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? And then at first of all, I looked at the schedule. She only had three shifts for the week. And it was just four hours. And so I said, so is four hours too long for you? She said, yes, I, four hours is so much of my day. I said, girl, what else do you have to do? Like, I said, four hours is a regular part-time shift. Like, yeah, you talking about, she said, so we're going to, I'm going to have this for the rest of the year. I said, I don't know about every single week, but I mean, I, I'm not going to, obviously now I'm not going to schedule you for anything longer than four hours to see how you're complaining and whining. Or ever again. Right. Like, <laughs> And then another girl wrote me again, like two days later, and asked if we was gonna be having four hour shifts for the rest of the school year. I said, girl, you work at the front desk and it's slow as hell. You're gonna be able to do all your homework and watch plenty Netflix movies when you're at work. Like everybody wants this job and y'all complaining about a four hour shift, bro. I try so much not to be that old man talking about back in my day, but that David Emerson. Yeah. <laughs> Debbie, I remember Dave always trying to talk about us for complaining, saying we didn't want to live too far from campus. I don't want to live that far from campus. He said, you know, as an adult, you won't always get to live five minutes from work. So you might as well get used to it. And I was just like, all right, old man, okay. And look at me now, living like 30 minutes from work. And I'd be driving this all the time. And I'm like, damn, I hate when the old people was right. Yeah. But then it's even worse when you hear the same thing coming out of your mouth that they said. 
Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I think ever since I've really, basically ever since I've turned 30, which I'm 32 now, I hear so much of the crap that my mother, my father, you, the <laughs> professors, like all y'all would say, and it really pisses me off that I be <laughs> shit now. And it comes out of my mouth so smooth now. It's so smooth. It's so normal. And I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. Yep. It really is real life. Like we all pretty much go through some of the same things. Like as a working adult, as a human that has a career, went to school, all of that. We all go through some of the same, a lot of the same things, to be honest. That's why these yeah. things are called cliches because they're real life. Yeah. <laughs> they're real freaking life. It really does piss me off because I hear <laughs> stuff that my mama says so much now. I said to somebody the other day, Nothing new under the sun. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> then I say this stuff. The young people are like, did you just make that up? Or that's hilarious. Wow, that's deep. I'm like, bro. <laughs> so <laughs> profound. Like, this has been around for hundreds of years. Bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that was like, I, I know I've told you this before, but like, I was, oh, my God. Stop. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was working at Chuck's and um, the liquor store in Bowling Green. And I said, oh, I was like shooting fish in a barrel, which means it was easy. Right. And my cousin, who is like older than me and was the manager there, and Jesse looked at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. And they're like, never heard that? They're like, that's not a thing that exists. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't make that up. That is it so just, funny. <laughs> I mean, I was like, what? To me, that's like one of the most common sayings. Right? <laughs> Have you heard of the saying, um, I mean, you might not because you're not black, because this is a hella black saying. I'm kind of black, well. Not all skin folk is kin folk. Have you heard that? Yes. Also, have you? <laughs> well, apparently, that is not a very popular saying, because I have met so many people over the last year that have never heard that saying. Really? Yeah, and one, like just a week ago, one young lady I was talking to, and she's two years older than me, and she said, she was like, that's a pretty cool saying. I was, you, I was like, wait a minute. I didn't make that up. That's a common saying. She's never heard it in her life. And she's from Miami. I want to say that somebody said that at my house one time when we were all hanging out and we were talking about. Person? No. Oh. <laughs> I think it might have been your going away party. Oh, for real? Because we were talking about a certain individual on campus and somebody said that. <laughs> I can believe it. I really do think that, yeah. I think of a couple people that that we could have said that about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people that applause to, I'd say. (laughs) But, yeah, I said that at work one day, and two of the students said, say that again? (laughs) And I repeated it, and they said, so are you basically saying that just because they're Black doesn't mean they're going to look out for you? I was like, yeah. I said, well, I'm glad you're able to break that down, but you've never heard that saying before? They was just so shocked. They thought that I was so profound that day. I should have just let them believe I made I, they could really look at me as a god because they don't know that half the shit I say I've gotten it from other places. I should just start lying and be like, yeah, I made that up. You'll get immortalized or something and they'll have like all these quotes and people walk <laughs> by me like, he didn't. What? <laughs> <laughs> they'll be at a barbecue with their family. You know, my boss, Will, has this saying. He always says... <laughs> It's like shooting fish in the burrow. And I'm and he said he made that up when he was a kid. And his family's looking at him like, no, he your boss didn't make 
98? Like, no, you didn't make that up. Is he like a thousand years old? <laughs> <laughs> they just be thinking all these things are brand new. And it's, I mean, I guess I understand if you're, because it takes me back to when, say, when I was like 18 and I first heard like a Kanye West song and he sampled like an Ashley Brothers song. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy's a genius. I don't, I wonder if other people have heard of the Ashley Brothers. Remember, what What was the Super Bowl a couple years ago? Oh, Paul McCartney. Heard of Missy. Oh, yeah. Well, no, the thing that always gets me is like, people didn't know who Paul McCartney was. Yeah, the Paul McCartney one, yeah. It's like, wow, you know, Kanye really discovered this guy. It's like, <laughs> no, he's a beast. Because that was the same thing they said when Katy Perry brought out Missy Elliott at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, thank God for Katy Perry discovering this wonderful, what's her name, Missy Elliott? Let me. Yeah, Miss Misdemeanor. Let me. She knew? And, okay. and it's just, wow. But I try to figure out, were there any times like that for me growing up? And I can't remember any times where I was like, oh, I'm so glad they discovered this artist. And I think a lot of it's because my older cousins and my parents and stuff did a good job of playing all the old school music for us growing up. So I could have been 17, but I knew all of the Luther Vandross songs. Yeah. I, Elton John. My mama loves some Elton John. So I knew Earth, Wind, and Fire, Elton John, and all of that. And I think now you don't really see, like, a lot of the, think about it. Uh, how many students we had, what's his name? Anthony didn't know the electric slide. Remember we taught him the electric slide that day? And I'm yeah. like, I'm a black dude. I would think, but his parents. Has he never been to a black wedding? Right, right. You've never been, if you don't know the lecture side, you've never been to a black wedding or a family reunion. Right. I mean. Or for that, for that point, like a day party these days, because all the brunches in Atlanta, they're going to play the electric slide. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you're going to do the electric slide to some 80s or 70s song. And it's going to be nothing but millennials in there listening to 70s music and acting like it's our music. But young people now, and see, that's another thing I say now. I know that I'm getting older. Young people now, and I hate saying that, but like a lot of young people, they just don't know music before they was born, basically. Like if they was born in 99, they only know music from 99. Well, wait, what, who was it? Was it Pete that was like pissing me off about talking about old movies? No, Ian. Talking about old movies. Oh, I've yep, seen I remember that old day. I don't remember what movie it was because I was so blind with rage. I think I forgot. Well, we were talking about was, several movies. I remember him talking about Friday, like Friday was the oldest movie of all time. I don't like to watch like old fashioned old movies. And I'm like, what? He's, like, I think he said any movie before like 99 is too old for him to watch. He's any movie from 99 is just old. He said the pictures wasn't clear. The colors weren't right. And I'm like, bro, 99 isn't that long ago considering he was born in like 96 or 96. <laughs> but he said anything before 90, he almost said that Mean Girls was too old. I'm like, bro, Mean Girls came out in 2004, bro. It's just weird to see that. And so I went, I, it makes me think like, what moments did I have when I was younger that I was just making fun of older people for not knowing something? I'm pretty sure I used to make fun of my mother and father at least, but I wasn't making fun of my cousin who's only like nine years older than me though. Well, yeah. I did. No, there was times I made fun of you, but I think the only thing was the GPS, the GPS thing when you were still printing out a direction. It's just a backup system. But, but, but I'm not. Hey, I need it. Hey, everybody who's out there listening, it was 2015, I believe. <laughs> and Trinity was going out of town. 
And I asked her, I was like, so we're just talking and we're talking about directions and all of that. And I didn't realize what you was doing. You was going back and forth to the printer and stuff. And I'm like, I said, wait, are you, are you printing directions? She's like, yeah, I got to print directions. And you genuinely was like, oh, no, I don't use the GPS on my phone. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. And I remember pulling it up to show you. And you was like general, genuinely shocked. No, I mean, I knew what GPS was. Like, we had but you GPS. wasn't using it. No, I just didn't really, I, I didn't know it was as good as it was. You want to know what's funny about that, though, is you know how I'm kind of like, halfway a doomsday prepper like zombie apocalypse uh speaking of that i'm a i'm gonna hold this one but i got something to say off of that because that came to mind the other day but go ahead yeah so start talking about maps though one of the things that i want to get is topographic maps of like the area that i'm in and like any area <laughs> that i want to go to because let's just think about it if you've got to go across country and you're walking and you don't and you want to avoid the roads you don't know what the terrain looks like unless you got a topo map sorry <laughs> <already> walking dead <laughs> I'm just saying. That's so funny. It's it's funny because I was on um one of these dating apps, which I hate dating apps. So I'm not good on them. No. I have it for about a month and then I'll delete it. It won't be back on it again for another six months. And then someone's like, no, you should give it a try. And somehow they convinced me to do it again. And then I'll do it. So I was talking to this girl on, um what's it called? Bumble. You know what Bumble is? No, because you're married. I learn about, no, I do, I, I, I'm on there. What are you talking about? Um, no, I learned about these things because I think Bumble wanted to come to campus for some reason to do something. Really? But like, yeah, I don't remember what, but I believe it was that one. But that's, I just learned from the youths. <laughs> the youths. Yeah. Well, everybody either know Bumble is what, like, the women have to reach out to the guy first. So, like. If I like your pro, so if I'm swiping through or whatever, and then I like your profile, if you end up liking my profile, it'll show that I've already liked yours and we'll match. But it'll show both of us that it matches. But you, as a woman, has to reach out to me first. I can't reach out to you. So, wow. you know, women have a hard time with that. Y'all not used to reaching out first. But um, yeah. so this girl, we was talking on there, and we've just been asking different little creative questions and stuff. And she asked me if you knew you was going to be stuck on a deserted like island or deserted city for 30 days and you had to fend for yourself, who are you going to take? And I, at first I was going to say, Janae, my mama, my daddy, somebody. I said, actually, I'm probably going to take T-Bone because she is a doomsday paper, so you're going to be ready. Like, yeah. if, if I have to spend, and it's just 30 days at that, I said, and it's 30 days, so I know the music will be dope because we both like have a good dope taste in music, very eclectic. And I mean, even if we have to sing and rap it, like because if we're you know stuck hella there, words. Yeah, we yeah, exactly. Like I know lyrics, like we could talk about trivia. As long as we find a water source and have some shelter, we'd be fine. I was even thinking, I said, because if we find certain like fruits, vegetables, ingredients, Trinity knows how to make so many different <laughs> condiments out of one condiment. Think about all the times we're in the office and I would ask you, what's, what condiment are you going to have for the rest of the year if you had to pick one? And you're like, well, I'll pick this because I can make this, this, that, and that from this condiment. So right. You are resourceful as hell. Well, basically everything that people like is mayonnaise-based anyway. Right. So if you got mayonnaise around, then you can throw a lot of stuff in there and make it good. You know, you can throw Correct. some sriracha in there. You can throw some chili powder. 
you could go crazy and put some buttermilk and some ranch seasoning and you got ranch. I mean, it's, and then oil and vinegar is the other, like if you have, if you have oil and vinegar and you have mayonnaise, then you can make anything. And I have learned that much more now since, since this pandemic and I've been cooking even more, actually be reading into what different seasonings do, what oils do, what just different things do to food and stuff. So I've learned that more now but that stuff like that when i randomly read it i'll be thinking like oh trinity used to say that all the time and so i know that if i have to get be stuck on a deserted island somewhere you wouldn't be a bad partner For, we know each other very well i can be i can be totally myself i don't have to pretend to be something else if i'm wrong about something you're gonna let me know <laughs> you're not gonna sugarcoat it like what i don't need you sugarcoating it if we don't have a radio or something, you're going to know some lyrics to some songs. So you'll sit there. You can sit there for hours just singing random songs from all kinds of genres. No, no electric slide. We can do that. <laughs> you, know, you know enough black that I'll feel at home. But you also are white enough that I can learn something new that I didn't know before as well. Or, or spend a lot of time making fun of me and the things I do. And that also is fun. Like when I don't know what to do with my arms. Right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so you would be you would be a great outside of like my mama, my sister, my father, you would be great to be on the deserted island with. Uh Runk in the trunk. I could do that because she knows all the songs like you as well. Uh, actually, I don't know, because me and Runk are a lot alike when I think about it. Like certain stuff that she says, like me and her, I think to be honest, are the same level of sensitive, but we're different types of sensitive. I'm more of the sensitive that I might blow up and be like, shut the fuck up, I hate everybody, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And she's the sensitive where she's like, all right, I'm just gonna just not say anything and just be a little sad. So my sensitive is angry, ready to fight. And she's just not gonna say anything and be quiet. So yeah. maybe we might not be great together, even though I love her to death and that's my homie forever, but maybe, our type of sensitives aren't great just by ourselves for 30 days on a deserted island. Well, and I mean, you know, she drinks a lot of Sunkist and you're not probably going to find it. <laughs> so she you knows about without the Sunkist. <laughs> you never know. You could make it though. Depending on where we are, we'd be able to make Sunkist. You could, I guess. You'd have to find a good sweetener. We could find some sugar cane, um, <laughs> some oranges. <laughs> <laughs> This is the most plentiful island that we've ever. <laughs> yeah, this is like we're going to be deserted, but hopefully it's <laughs> not like in Louisville where we might not have all these natural <laughs> ingredients to create the stuff we want. <laughs> right. <laughs> so speaking of that, then. If you're deserted on an island and it can't be like the obvious choices of like your family who you want, the first choices, who would you want to be desert? Put it like this: What celebrity would you want to be deserted with for thirty days? Paul and Rudd. Sexual. <laughs> Paul Paul Rudd, hands down, I think. Why Paul Rudd? What? Okay, what are three reasons you want to be deserted with Paul Rudd? Because to be honest, you were. I said I, I could hang out with Paul Rudd for 30 days. I feel like I did. Oh, yeah. I just feel like he's hilarious and he's a good person. Like, he just seems he like seems a good like person. A, yeah. 
and, and you know how I always said like Rashida Jones is like the Paul Rudd of the women of Hollywood like and I say that what, to everybody as well and they think that I made that up by the way that's fine <laughs> <laughs> but like it's like they're both really sweet you can tell that like they're sweet and they're beloved but they're not like super celebrity well Paul Rudd is now because of like Marvel but they're, they're, he's but like they're in celebrity. everything he's not, he's not hella but, Hollywood though he's right genuine but they're literally in everything. Sometimes the same thing together. Like I love you, man, which is an amazing movie. Um, yeah, and no. Pop up and stuff where you didn't know, you didn't realize they was in it, and then you're like, oh shit, Paul Rudd was in this, and they both been around for like twenty plus years, and we didn't even realize sometimes that they've been around that long. Like Paul Rudd was in Clueless. Yeah, and he hasn't aged, and really, Rashida Jones hasn't either. They really. They, they really both look this exact same that they've always looked. And yeah. you know Rashida Jones, I remember for the longest, I didn't even know she was mixed. I didn't know she was black. Yeah. I had no well, longest. I don't think anyone knew Quincy Jones was her father. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And then like uh, it's funny because like Leslie Nope's always pointing that out on Parks and Rec. Like right. you're beautiful, ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um no, but honestly, that's like the nicest and sweetest thing that anyone's ever told me that they would want to be on. Like, if they were going to be deserted with anyone, it would be me. That's really sweet. Because oh, I mean, those I are said, all, yeah, those are all really you know, good reasons. I've said two of, so actually, I've said two of the dopest things to you. I've said two top 10 things to you, to be honest. The first one, well, this one was that I would be, I'd be happy, fine, being on a deserted island with you. Mm hmm. Other one was what am I gonna say? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that you are that you're like one. Of oh, the, the smartest white or the funniest? Yeah, one of the funniest white women. Back then, it was funniest white women, but now I take white out of it. Just funniest women, but back then, oh my god, her age. And then I called her. I called her Trinity Fay, as in Tina Fay. Yeah. Cause you are like, cause when people, when I hear like, that's true. You have said too. Like honestly. Like, Jesse says sweet things to me, you know, he's my husband, but I feel like it's like we know each other on a different level. Like, the things you say are, like, exactly what I want people to know about me yeah. or to appreciate about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the same way you with me. Like, like I remember, like, Misha would tell me, she said, yeah, when I first started, Trinity had to let me know, like, hey, Will, if Will says that he doesn't really mean it like this, like, Will's the guy, you just got to he's not trying to be a jerk or anything he might come off like he's just being rude but he's just straight to the point he's not being rude and you'll be fine you'll like him actually <laughs> and that's what i mean needing for people because it always surprises me when people think that like i'm an asshole or i'm a jerk because i'm like really like you really think i'm a jerk i never tried to be so that just you saying stuff like that when people have told me that just helps me be like all right if people actually try to get to know me on any type of level they're actually gonna really like me it's the people who don't know me and i've had to say no to them those are the people that won't really fool with me whatsoever though yeah but, or the people that like just bust up in your office unannounced and demand that you do you, something you know how i get <laughs> that day i was like Oh, no. No, not just walk in. I need walk. that in 10 minutes. <laughs> I am the blankety blank of the blankety blanks. And we're just like, and? Uh, and it's it's so funny because. 
I gotta look at him like, oh man, I thought that door was locked. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Anytime that would happen, I'm like, shit, I thought I locked the door. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's so funny because now, when uh, now I have students and my supervisor and all that, they will say to me all the time, well, like, I love how you know how to react to people and you don't let them get under your skin, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if y'all could have only seen this early on in my professional life, bro, if y'all could have seen grad school in my first like year and a half down in Florida, it was a lot different. And I said, like, no, I never thought that I was like welling out on people or I was being an asshole. But you do have to learn you have to adjust, even though you may think that you're right. You still have to figure out a way to be like, all right, even if I'm right, I got to figure out a way to communicate with these people because they can make my life a living hell and I can't make their life a living hell. So I might as well try something different. So yeah. it's funny to see how people tell me now, wow, you really know how to handle, mainly one, one of my students, this black girl said, Will, you really know how to handle these white women. Like, that's really good. I want to be like you one day. And she was like being very like genuine for real. She said, I don't, she said, Will, to be honest, I don't know how to hide my emotions when white women piss me off. Cause you know, those are the only ones that have ever tried to start trouble with me at work. I said, look, you gotta take your emotions out of it. You literally have to take your feelings out of it and you can never take anything uh, personal. That was the well, thing you, actually you and Chris Graham both said that to me said you can't take it personal and uh good old striff you know good old striff is good for a nice little quote here and there yep he drops a gem every every now and then but but y'all told me not to take things personal and that changed everything and so because not all the time but most of the time that person is going to be mad at whoever's in that position and that's what you told me and i say that to them all the time because they get they take everything personal and i get it like young people are going to take everything personal, especially in 2020 Everybody takes everything personal. Yeah. So, and I told her that, and it's funny because then she texts me like a month and a half later. She said, well, I'm so glad you told me that. I just try not to take anything personal. And now I just let it slide right off my back. I'm like, good. That's going to save your career <laughs> moving forward. Yeah. And I mean, it lets the other person look like an asshole. Mm-hmm. It's, fu it's, it's funny that you bring forward. that up, though, because that actually illustrates what you just said about what she said to you illustrates a point that. I need to try to make with some folks that I'm meeting with on campus because we've been having, we could do a whole nother chicken and liquor hour on this, but we've been having a lot of conversations um, since George Floyd, um, especially within our department about just racial injustice and, and, and inequities and um, systemic racism and that kind of thing. And what people don't understand, especially people who are white, white people, that what they don't understand is, exactly what you just said that like the experience if they don't have a diverse circle and they don't have people that are close to them like family that are black they don't understand the daily life that they, that you live they would never consider her point of view of like not knowing like years and years of history and trauma not only just to her but from white women in general toward black women shapes that Mm -hmm. And they and they don't know that because yeah. they don't know anything about like black folks or black culture or black history because we've all been taught whitewashed history. But you saying that like I that doesn't surprise me that she said that to you. But a lot of folks and a lot of folks even at my level and above that are still working in higher ed they don't they don't get that. Right, and they they never will because they never will try to see it. Well, that's what we're trying to make like, them try. 
right now. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like, because it's like coming from her, I get it because she's not trying to be racist. She's not trying to, she's not in her head saying, I want to hate white women. I don't want to respect white women or anything like that. She's just used to always being disrespected by a white woman. Not that every white woman disrespects her, but every time she's disrespected, it's either by unfortunately a black man or a white woman. So now all her experience, all her experiences have shaped her narrative and her idea and right or wrong of white women and black men. And when she's at work, white women are the ones that's always, let me speak to your supervisor and getting that attitude and you know all the all the Karen isms, all the Karen isms, basically. I'm I'm loving that right now. I mean, <laughs> and you know what's so funny? That's another one of those things that white people are like late on to black sayings and <laughs> been saying Karen for years, and now because of social media, people can tap into the different cultures now. So now white people, and it's hilarious to see like white people calling other white women Karen all the time. Yeah, but one thing we can never let happen is white women take that as like a badge of like oh yeah well I'm a Karen like as a badge of honor or something because oh, the moment we, we hear that we done <laughs> well we well we kind of did that with basic like it's like oh yeah I'm basic like oh, I'm gonna go get my pumpkin spice latte I'm gonna wear my knee-high boots and my vest that and is, you know, I never thought about that actually but that's true because we black folk started saying basic when I was in college still when like in undergrad when Twitter was first becoming a real thing because I remember, I don't know if you know who comedian Lil Duval is, but he's been around for like quite a while. Do you know who Lil Duval is? No. You know, you remember the song? I don't know why I just... It was so, that's why when I saw your face, I was, do you remember a couple of years ago the song Smell Bitch? I'm living my it... life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he actually did that song. So oh, okay. actually him, but he's been around since I was in high school though. But He's the one who actually started the, the phrase basic, saying like basic ass and all of that. But I never thought of it like that because white women definitely use the term basic like crazy. When white women are going to Starbucks, when white women with Ugg boots and Starbucks, they will use that term and they have used it as a badge of honor. I've never thought about that. Yeah, I'm just a basic white girl. <laughs> I mean, I've said that. <laughs> sure. I'm, about to say, I'm pretty sure I've heard Lauren say that a lot of times though about being basic so you're right we cannot let karen become a term of endearment for <laughs> no no that's one thing that's there's a line drawn there like it's one thing to be basic and it's like it's pretty benign to everyone around you because it's like you're not intentionally trying to harm others but right. in this case you know karen's are definitely trying to use their power to get someone else in hurt or in trouble is what yeah. they're doing and that's yeah, historically definitely. i mean that's there's a lot of historical context there um so yeah especially against black women you know and yeah. and just coming out like something happens to a white woman and everybody just stops and like you know has pitchforks and torches and like oh we're gonna justice you know and if something right. happens to a black woman nobody bats an eye you know and so that reminds me you remember the comedian patrice o'neill yeah so his last stand-up special he had on Comedy Central, he had a bit talking about um, when a white woman gets kidnapped versus when a black woman gets kidnapped. And he was saying, he said, uh, he said, white, a white girl gets kidnapped. We are spending millions of government money to look for her for years, 
for a long time. And he talked about, you remember that one chick, uh, Natalie Holloway, that got kidnapped while she was on spring break? And I think she got murdered, right? I think so. It I was one notice. of there was there's so many there's so many spring break exactly like <laughs> right if she did die rest in peace Natty holloway yes you aren't dead i don't want you dead but just saying just saying for this um but he did that special he's talking about man when natalie, Ho natalie holloway got kidnapped we the, it was on the news for months on end they was talking about it every morning on good morning america he said and then he pointed to this black girl he said you get kidnapped how long do you think they're gonna look for you and she's like, I don't know. He said, they're going to send someone to go out to the end of the beach and just look out. <laughs> Can't find her. Shut it down, everybody, and keep it moving. He said, he said it's, too much sun. it's too much sun. We can't see her. Sorry, Tisha. We can't find you and just move in. But it's so true. Like, over all these years, like, if it happens to a black woman, they spend five minutes on the media talking about her. But a white girl, that's like prime. They, they got to look for that for ever so now it's at a point where these last couple of years black women are just fed up and they're tired and they're drained so even when there's sometimes when i get on twitter and i see black women constantly like dogging black men and it might bother me for a second i'm like all right i gotta shut the fuck up because they've been through a lot so it's the same way as if someone sees me talking about or hearing me talking about white people Sometimes I might want some white people shut the hell up and let me rant because I've been through a lot of shit. And it's the same way with black women. I just got to shut the hell up. And now because of Twitter, everybody got to state their opinion on every damn thing. So I'm just like, I got to be somebody that just shuts the hell up because they've <laughs> been through a lot. So that's why. So it was really dope that my student, uh, she's a black girl. She's from, she's from Nigeria. She's Nigerian actually, but she's been, she's lived in Atlanta and New York. But yeah, she talked about that, like it's mainly been white women doing this, but she said it helped her with everything. And she's in law school and trying to be a lawyer, which is definitely, you don't see a lot of black women over there. She's one of the few, and she said it's only one black woman professor in the entire law school or whatnot. But she said that helped her because she said being over in the law school area, white men are always trying to question her and check her. And you know, white men, they want to question and check every woman, no matter y'all's race at all. Mm -hmm. Disrespecting women, no matter what. So she said that that changed everything for her and not to take anything personal, even if those are times where she really could take it personal. She was like, nah, I just shut up. She would text me. She would randomly call me. It'd be a Thursday night at like 10 o'clock and she called me. Well, I'm sorry. I just had to talk to somebody because I'm about to bust this bitch in the head. I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> I'm like, don't hit nobody. Just Talk to me until you come and I'll, whatever. Just talk to me until you're not going to wild out no more. Because cause she also, but she's also one of those people that's ready to flip out at any moment. So, but she's a dope young chick. You just got to be patient and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's really dope though. And those are the things that I took though from like, from working with you and then being in that kind of, being in that type of culture where it's very entitled and kids think that they can say anything to you actually did more good for me than harm. It really helped me out, gave me way more patience. Yeah, or when you have a student employee that thinks that he can just send a scathing email to your boss and your boss's boss and, and have your job. <laughs> like, um, pump the brakes. He never works here ever again. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, first of all, 
you're a terrible employee person who sent the email. Like, and you're a horrible person. You're a terrible employee and a horrible person anyways. You have zero credibility. Like, who do you think you are? Oh, man, I'll never forget that day. That email's probably still sitting in there somewhere. God. He wanted my whole livelihood, boy, all because he didn't like me telling him what to do. And I'm his boss. Well, as soon as I, like, clapped back and I was like, uh, you need to chill out, he was like, oh, well, it's not that bad. You know, he back, like... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, back down because you're going to have to. So all of a sudden, it's not that bad. But at first, you was going to make sure I'll never work again. And then I'm going to be homeless out on the street. That's like that's like one of those emails that you need to type up and then read to yourself and then like delete it. Yeah. Or like put it in a Word document. And leave it alone and wait a couple of days before. Should I really send this? You, right. Someone, and you know who, was probably hyping him up to send it. Yeah, you should send this. His girlfriend was hyping him up, telling him, send it. Yeah, right there, right there. He's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to get this motherfucker. <laughs> they probably using the N-word like crazy that night. I'm pretty sure they was using the N-word like crazy. because I would hope not. But... He thinks he's white anyways, and he doesn't think that he's Hispanic whatsoever. But you know you know how, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the Cubans in South Florida, they definitely vote for, well, especially Cuban women, definitely vote for Trump and don't think that they are people of color. <laughs> they can pass off for white they're definitely white passing so they can get away with it i can't so you can tell he did i mean he wrote that email like he was a karen he was definitely caring that day yeah they're i think they're called kens now <laughs> amy asked me i need to text her to see if she wants to jump on here but amy asked me yesterday um what's the equivalent to karen and at first I said Bob, because I just thought of a generic old white guy's name. But Keegan said, that's too old. Like, Bob sounds older than Karen. And then it's <laughs> like, how dare you disrespect Bob Malcolm like that? I, thought, I forget. <laughs> but I think, when I think of the equivalent to Karen, I think of something like Trevor. Chad. Oh, but, see, but see, the incels already took Chad. What does incels mean when people say that these days? Oh, God, you don't even want to know. I'm sorry I brought it up. Because <laughs> I don't know what the hell people are talking about with incest. It stands for involuntary celibate. Really? It's just a bunch of mad people because they can't get booty. I would have never guessed that at all. I had no idea. You should really just not look into it anymore. The only reason I know about it is because of the research yeah, that I did. Know? Because the research that I did uh, around like campus shootings and stuff like that when we were when I was on that task force, but <laughs> yeah, they the, their their name for like the um, all around good looking guy, the jock that gets the girls and everything that that's a Chad. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I had no idea. I'm there are enough problems going on. You don't need to. That that's a whole other. You are there's right. A, there's a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down. You are correct, because I had no idea what that meant. And the older I, I know, I know that I'm getting older and older because a lot of the slang and shit they be using on social media, I don't know what the hell people be talking about anymore. I don't know when it happened, but all of a sudden, I think really ever since I got to Atlanta, I have genuinely felt older. Like I didn't, I really didn't feel old with our students down there in Florida. Like. Well, think about your experiences, though. You left 
to come to Florida, you had pretty much been a GA and like you had had jobs, but not like a professional position. And then you left a professional position to go to a professional position. So you're, you, you know, weren't really in the same place, you know? Yeah. Even Ja'Cory, I was talking to Ja'Cory the other day. Hey, how's Ja'Courtney doing? Ja'Courtney, you're so stupid. (laughs) He still looks like a black history professor. Or now he now he he looks more like he's figuring out potions and theories and stuff now. Like he looks like he's gonna drop knowledge on you at any moment. Like y'all can just be talking about your favorite tequila, and he's like, "Well, you know, the thing about tequila is, <laughs> man, that's what he looks like he's gonna do now." But no, I was talking to Jacortney. I forgot about that. I was talking to him the other day, and I had mentioned like earlier. I was telling you how my students were saying they uh how come you're not as close with us like you was with your students when you was in Florida? And at first I couldn't think of what to say. And then he was like, well, you're older now. And when you first started down there in Florida, you was way closer to our age. And so you could relate to us and we related to you. We had a whole lot more of the same interest. So we could have longer conversations randomly about just whatever. And I was like, actually, that's true. And then I said, actually, Ja'Cory, you shut up because you didn't talk at all your freshman year. Because... Remember, he didn't talk for nothing. He would just he hard. He worked hard. He worked hard, but he he wouldn't say a word. But he did what he was supposed to do. It was and it's I, crazy that I well I guess as well. Now I think about it, I've known him for six years now. I didn't even think it was that long. But he was a freshman. I technically both of us were freshmen because I was a freshman when he was basically. But yeah. not talked to anybody, and he didn't have no hair on his head. But he did what he was supposed to do. But yeah, like, I guess that is true. Like you said, like, I was just at a different point in my life where I am never had been in a professional world. I was way younger. They was closer in age to me. We could relate to a lot of the same things. So I could have that relationship with them. And now, I don't like, now it's like the TikTok era. Like, I don't know this era like at least we all was kind of they was younger but we're all was kind of the same era in a sense yeah now this ain't the instagram twitter facebook generation no more this is the the tiktok generation yeah it's weird i know i gotta go cook dinner in a minute coward i know i'm making salmon oh speaking of that let's talk about food okay what is your favorite meal to cook (laughs) so you've asked me this before and it's a hard question and i don't or hold on hold on so either your favorite meal to cook or what like food means the most to you for you to cook Hmm. because those can be two different things because chicken wings is my favorite thing to cook but probably desserts and like sweet stuff because (laughs) it makes me think of my aunt who passed away and she used to always like really heavily encourage me to make something sweet or like a recipe that she found or if she she used to live uh, two houses down from us and if she would walk over and I was like making something sweet uh she would just get so excited and like eat it all she loves cinnamon rolls and cinnabons and so I'd try to like copycat cinnabon recipes and stuff like that so probably that kind of thing and then also thinking about my grandma like you know she was always doing something in the kitchen making a jam cake you know one of those old-fashioned cakes and stuff so pretty much I guess desserts and sweet things but as far as like food food I mean I love pizza and I always will love pizza and so 
I like I got real I've gotten really good at making pizza now the dough with yeast I've gotten pretty good at it is it the same the same recipe that y'all did the video for me before that one actually is yeast free okay that one is just yeah um because I didn't have any yeast and because at that point I didn't have a good track record of using it what Um, I mean what what does that mean that it's vegan that is vegan no because I don't know what vegan means well pizza dough typically would be vegan because it's basically it's it's flour salt sugar yeast olive oil and that might be it warm water i mean all that's vegan i would think i mean except for the yeast the yeast is alive i don't know how vegans feel they eat bread bread has yeast right i don't know but anyway no so what it does is the yeast provides like a you know how pizza crust has that kind of chew that bite to it like makes it stretchy that's what it does oh okay so the recipe that i did in the video is good it makes a pizza it's a good crust but it's more of like the texture i would say is more biscuity than Uh, yeah because i was thinking about that today so talking about like your favorite stuff to cook and your aunts and your granny so has it always been like homemade desserts like you always like from the moment you started cooking always known to make like homemade ingredients and stuff and not just store-bought yeah pretty much I mean I remember having an easy bake oven when I was little and I remember like quickly outgrowing that I mean you know like it's an it's a light bulb that cook like tiny little thing remember that Janae had one and I used to think that I could cook everything in there and (laughs) grilled cheese sandwiches and everything in there um so I, I remember being little and I mean, probably Eva's age or younger and going in our kitchen to make chocolate chip cookies. And I didn't know what I was doing at all. I just like was reading the the ingredients and just throwing them in the bowl. Yeah. And, and my mom came in and she was like, no, you've got to do your wet ingredients and then dry ingredients and then incorporate the dry. And I'm like, damn, that would be, it would have been a lot easier, you know? Because <laughs> I'm sitting there with my little kid arm trying to like stir this dough together that's like <laughs> impossible, yeah. They came out good still, but now I know that I need to cream the butter and sugar together, add the eggs in one at a time, right? then then my dry ingredients. I could totally see, though, desserts being that thing for you, because you've always been big on, like, like, you cook, period, but the baking and making desserts has always been your thing, though. What's your favorite dessert, then, to cook? Mm. Different than your favorite dessert to eat. Well, my favorite thing to do is just something that's easy. So like making fondue or something, you know, like, or chocolate ganache. I mean, all you do is just like heat up the milk, put the chocolate in it, let it sit and then stir it together until it's smooth. I mean, that sounds so fancy. You wouldn't think that it was easy. So easy. It's like two ingredients. It's like cream and chocolate. That's it. I'm about to Um, add that to my repertoire. Oh yeah. And then if you make ganache and you let it harden or get cold, you can scoop it and make little balls and make truffles. And then you roll it in like cocoa. It's real fancy. It's got a little oh, cocoa truffle. That'll yeah. look sexy for, for a woman too. That's, I got to yep. add that. Yep. Um, so yeah, I like, I mean, I like to make anything with chocolate. I like to make cookies. I think that's fun. Um, well, cakes. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say cakes. I want to be good at and I want to like to do, but they're just, it's, I don't have the right, equipment at home right now to do what I want and so it just frustrates me but I'm really good at cookies (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Well, what's the, what's your favorite thing to cook for your family for Jesse and Eva? I mean, probably like tacos or anything like Mexican, like Hispanic and Latino. Like, I mean, Mexican food. Um, we always have tortillas in this house. We always have cheese that I can shred. I like to use a block of cheese and shred it myself because I think it just melts it better. Um, Is that something that I should go ahead and get so I can? I should start shredding the cheese myself when I cook. I think so. Um, because if, yeah, if you get like cheese, it's, I mean, and I, every now and then, like if it's BOGO and I'm like in a hurry or something, right. I'll just, I'll grab the shred pre-shredded, but the block lasts longer. A, if you start using it, like you can rewrap it back up in plastic wrap or whatever, and you stick it in the fridge. And like, once you open the shredded cheese, sometimes it can melt faster and then, or mold faster. Sorry. But like, Speaking of melting, the stuff that's in the bag has like almost like cornstarch in it to keep yeah. it from like smushing together. So that changes the texture of the cheese if you're trying to melt it or whatever. Like if you're going to put it on a salad, like a taco salad, then, you know, but if you're going to put it in something where you want it to melt and be like good, like nachos. So maybe like, like, um, like, okay, so like I'm planning on making um, a seafood, a seafood like queso rotel dip. It probably would be good and better to get like a block of cheese and shred it myself like that. Yeah, or just be, uh, just get Velveeta. <laughs> Works so, do they, and like this may be like a novice question, but can you get like blocks of cheese and different like flavors and stuff? Yeah. Like the mm -hmm. pepper jacks and all of that? Yep, pepper jacks. Does it have to be jacks. from the deli? No, it's in the back. It's next to the shredded cheese. It's like right next to it. I've lived, I mean, in like Walmart or farmer's markets or what? Kroger, Walmart, Publix. Maybe I've never looked for it and paid attention enough. It's like there's craft shredded cheese and then you look over and there's like a craft brick of cheese. Okay. Maybe I'll start doing that. Maybe that's the next level I'll go to, the next step <laughs> take in all the- Get time. a good box grater if you don't have I'm one. A, I'm a bad one pretty soon. Cause I'm, yeah, I've, I'm trying to hit the next steps and levels and all of that. So, okay. So just to recap, to make sure. So baking desserts probably means the most to you because of your aunt and your grandmother, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then your favorite thing to cook for your family is pretty much Mexican food. Yeah. Cause that's probably what they appreciate the most, I guess. And everybody likes it. Everybody eats it. That is you know, also true. And you can get a lot of vegetables in it. And then do it. Did you make when we was there for like a brunch we did for the students, like a home did didn't you make homemade tortillas or something? No, I don't think I made the tortillas because that takes a long time and I have a hard time like making them round. Um what? Okay, hold on a second. But, is that Eva um, Claire back here? Yes, Eva. Unless you can get in here and say something. Hi, Eva Claire. Um, I made refried beans and I made Mexican rice. I remember that. Yeah. That was fire I got, too. I got to get the salmon going before Jesse leaves me. Well, I was looking at that <laughs> just real quick. I was looking at the the uh, pizza dough recipe that you did before because I want to try to make like a fajita pizza basically with that pizza dough. Now, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that's my next step to do. You know, if you do a taco pizza or like fajita pizza, anything like that. I think that it's always good. And Domino's does this with their pizza crust and I've always liked it. It's put a little cornmeal 
in it and then like on the pan so like the outside has that like crispy like cornmeal yeah and i like that flavor too. oh yeah it's good i'm gonna have to try that then that's not what i want <laughs> ask eva claire if she wants to drop a gem for us before you leave on the podcast eva you want to drop a gem i mean drop some knowledge for uncle bill on the podcast <laughs> just here talk to him. hello hi eva claire how you doing doing well how are you what you doing i'm watching my dad play video games <laughs> are you back in school or no well it's in about a week i am going back to school in a week yeah are you like going to school or is it going to be all like online you can pick and we picked go to school because i want to see all my friends Oh, are you excited? Yeah. My man, what grade are you going to? Fourth grade. Wow. That, Eva, you getting old. What are you, like 64? <laughs> nine years wow. old, I was. 69? No, nine. Eva, you are getting old. I didn't know you were 69 years old. <laughs> I did not know. All right, Eva, I need you to to give give all my listeners some advice. Say something smart, drop some inspiration, some motivation, just some advice. What you got to say for everybody right now? Uh, I, I have no idea. You got something. What's something that's gonna motivate us? Give us something that's gonna motivate the people. What's something that motivates you? Uh, I really like drawing. It helps me like get things through my head. And also I like reading. Okay, well, I mean, that's great advice. So everybody, y'all hear Eva Claire. Y'all need to read and draw. What you draw? I, every day I try to pick like a thing in the house to draw on my, in my sketchbook. And also I, have another notebook and every time we like cook cakes and sweets, we, I put the recipe down in there. So it's like my recipe book. <laughs> oh, something for real? Like, yeah. Oh, well look at you, that's dope. Okay, so what are you excited about then going into this school year? What? <laughs> um, I'm excited about finally singing, seeing my friends again and Stepping up another level. Oh, shoot. Okay, stepping up another level. How you going to step <laughs> another level? What, what's that mean? How, what you going to do to get to the next level? Another grade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just another grade? <laughs> yeah. Another class with new people that I don't know. A lot of new things that I learn. A lot of different stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm ready to go. Well, I'm proud of you, Eva Claire. You know I love you, right? Yep. And I miss you, too. I'm going to come see y'all soon. Yay! <laughs> you know I'm going to be there. Uh, you better not be taller than me, though, when I get there. <laughs> we'll see. You, you <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> All right. Well, I love you and I miss you. Uh, put your mama back on so we can end this podcast, okay? Okay. You got to hold the phone. My hands are, I got to wash my hands. All right. Uh, <laughs> I just want to end the podcast here. I just need you to drop 
drop a gem or something inspirational, just something oh God. for the culture. Oh, for the, okay. You put me on the spot here. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that right now I'm going to give a very, sorry, my head's like this. She just put this <laughs> earbud in my ear and like my hands are covered in like salmon juice. So. <laughs> That sounds disgusting. I think that I'm going to give some very timely advice, and that is just to take advantage of this moment to have conversations that you may have been too afraid to have before, especially with people in a position of power, because I think that now is the time to challenge that. Word up. Shout out. Well, I appreciate you, T-Bizzle. And I love you. Thanks for having me on. And I love you. Um, This has been another hour of the Chicken and Liquor Hour. That is T-Bizzle. That was her daughter, Eva Claire. In the building, <laughs> and they just dropped some knowledge on us. I love y'all so much, and I can't wait to see y'all soon. Yeah, once this thing's over. One of these days. One of these days. All right, then. Yeah. Um, love you guys. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Peace, world. Bye. <laughs>